Hey, everybody, we are back with another weekly episode of Red, White, and Brown with Shreya and M on Basies.live. And we are back again with a host of new movies and shows for you guys. So we're going to start off with what, M? So we're going to start off with, actually, we have quite a lineup today. We have Dasvi, which released on Netflix a couple of days ago. We have Hurdang that is playing in theaters, and we will review the series Abhai Season 3, which is streaming on Z5. I love it. I love it. But before we actually get into this conversation, Moral and I always like to discuss fun, new, interesting things. And we found out this crazy fact about some of our fans the other day. So uh, if you guys don't follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you should. We are at Daisy's Live Graham on Instagram or at Daisy's Live on Twitter and Facebook. And we get a tons of comments, mostly about the Hindi serials that we like to review. So we sat down with someone to talk about how they wrote a show, like a writer of a Hindi serial. Um, we actually sat down with her and we were like, how'd you write this character? How did you go about this writing process? And she was telling us something really interesting. And Moral, do you want to tell us what that was? Absolutely. So I was talking to Nilam Jana, who actually wrote a, a very famous uh, show that actually we loved. We actually reviewed it quite a lot, uh, called Dharkins in the Geeky. And she's written other shows before that, too, uh, for Sony. And the show was about a very feminist surgeon and her life uh, and her process of uh, having to deal, deal with not only patriarchy, but also misogyny. Um, and, and while I was talking to her, my question to her was, why are we writing such regressive content in Hindi serials? And, you know, so she had quite a few points to make. And the more, uh, and the more I spoke to her, the more I realized that they do have a lot of consumer research that tells them that at times, if they, if they broadcast, uh, if the broadcast really feminist content, the power of the women to watch the content, since women do not have agency in their own homes, uh, the men just turn, turn the channel off, turn the television off, or switch the channel. So the regressive content laced with somehow the women coming on top in a very convoluted manner is a result of that research. It's because uh, if they air logical content that is very feminist, the men will just switch the channel in most of those homes. So we were literally talking about the serial that's very popular in India and worldwide, actually, it's called Anupama. Everybody watches Anupama. And literally, my my thing with Anupama was that it's a, it's a very, it's like a moral science lecture because you say, and every time you switch on Anupama, Anupama is lecturing about some social cause. So uh, I actually told Nilanjana, Nilanjana, it's so painful that I had fast forwarded because we review so much that sometimes I just have to fast forward because it's too much. So she's really explaining to me on in the Indian scenario what an important milestone this series is. Because the series is a story of a woman who is mother of three. And, and once, and you know, after her son marries and her other two children are grown up as well, she decides that she wants to separate from her husband because she catches her husband with his girlfriend. And it's set in a small town, you know, small town India on the bath. And she decides she wants to divorce even when the whole world is telling her, how dare you? 
So she, for her own self-respect, she divorces. And then she meets her classmate from 26 years ago. The classmate was in love with her and he's back from America. And they get together. And now she has taken the decision to marry him. So she, so what Nilanjana was telling me for India, that story of a woman who's going to be a grandmother getting married is a very big social step forward for people to buy it, for that show to remain on top and buy the character of Anupama. It took them 200 episodes of showing Anupama as a cow for people to buy into that character, for people to feel really empathetic towards her so that all of this that she's doing now makes sense, not only sense, but they empathize with it. So I was like, why does she have to do the lecture? She said, because women can't say this to men. And now what women do is when something happens to them that's akin to what happened with Anupama, she, they turned around and said, I'm not saying it, Anupama said it. So they don't have to say that anymore. Anupama has become the voice of these women. So this was so shocking to me. That, that was so shocking to me that I literally did not understand this aspect of how Hindi serials really impact that woman who literally doesn't leave the four walls of her house. Her own identity is a family. She doesn't have agency to even hold the remote control off the television in the house. That's insane. insane. I didn't even see that plot twist coming. I thought we ended with the idea that housewives typically don't, or I want to just say women identifying people in India don't typically watch feminist shows because, you know, their husbands don't don't let them like they'll just change the channel but it it seems to go so much deeper than that which that's insane and we want to give a shout out to anybody in general any content house um there's sony entertainment we work with hotstar we have worked with z any content houses that create forward facing content like we appreciate you for taking that step especially in an audience that is known to not typically enjoy it or allow that kind of content to stay on air so big props to you guys for being movers and shakers and trying to evolve society yes and you know i hadn't realized that this other aspect of storytelling and the research that goes behind every aspect of writing um and and you know that conversation by the way uh, we will have it up on our website and it will be up also on our social media do do watch it and, and do let us know what you think of how this entire conversation went, but also the reasons behind the writing that is appearing to you on your screens. Of course, we definitely don't want to give away anything that was said on that interview. So we're going to cut the conversation a little short and head right on over to our reviews. What is up first for us, Moral? We are talking about Das V, which is streaming on Netflix. Shreya, you watched it. I did watch it. Let's go. I did watch it. And I thought it was crazy. I thought it was crazy. So it's the story of Gangaram Chaudhary, who is actually a chief minister in some North Indian state. They, I, call, it, they call it Harit Prasad, but he has yeah. a Haryanvi accent. No, they call That's, it, sorry, sorry. They call it Harit Pradesh. Sorry. Harit. He does have a Haryanvi accent. Yeah. I assume it's just a take on modern Haryana. So... Mm -hmm. If you guys enjoy, which we do, we actually enjoy Haryana, uh, Haryanese content quite a bit on this show because we love 
when people shoot scenic locations Absolutely. and we, we love the show on ZTV called Meet where the where Meet is a police officer she's a girl with a Haryanavi accent to the core we absolutely love it so yes we love Haryanavi accent big big fans are here and he has a wife Bimla Devi who doesn't who has like no presence which was a great <laughs> it was a great segue into this conversation from our previous conversation and every time that he talks to her she's so intimidated by him and his presence that she practically speaks in this slow whisper so one day there's this toggle where Ganga is sent out to I guess like he's sent to judicial custody because there's some scam that's going on and he's getting probed he's basically getting asked all these questions he has to go in so he puts his wife in charge while he's gone and he's like okay you know what she is going to be the cm while i'm gone because i it actually happened under- in bihar it actually did happen in bihar when lalu oh. prasad yadav the chief minister of bihar was arrested for a scam and he made his wife rabri devi the chief minister that's a true story that's oh a true my- story <laughs> this this just gets even more exciting it's like and it's he, like trump going to jail and him putting and his putting Mila- melania, melania. <laughs> it's like putting melania you mean president <laughs> that cracks me up that cracks me up and he does it like his reasoning is basically oh i have her under remote control like she does everything i say nothing will happen while i'm gone i trust that she is just going to listen to what i have to say but Crazy enough, she gets like a taste of power and she goes insane. Like she goes bonkers trying to like, now she's basically like trying to get rid of her husband and she's like, I'm in charge, like I'm CM and she gets arrogant. And then the two end up like clashing, like Ganga and his wife, Bimla Devi are just sitting here like clashing over the CMC. And it's so funny. I know it's not meant to be funny, but like to me, it was hilarious i love the power she, struggle i love nemrat kaur man I, did you see her in homeland no i didn't Dude, if you watch homeland she's a pakistani um pakistani diplomat in homeland she turns no, up in those in, in in the dupatta over her head and she looks regal as hell and she walks into uh, you know the white house and Oh my God, she is amazing at Homeland, but I absolutely loved her in another movie with Irfan Khan, which is called Lunchbox. If you haven't watched it, guys, you must watch it. And Nimrit Kaur, of course, is an all-time favorite. She's a brilliant actress. And even here, that entire change in her from that docile woman It's so good. And the funny thing is Ganga's results, like when he gets back um, from that like jail sanctioning, he has to go back to school because he only studied until I think they define it as class eight, which is like the equivalent of eighth grade in America. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to have to study for my class 10 exams, like 10th grade examinations, having well, we, never because, finished Because schooling. if he doesn't go to study, he has to make chairs or he has to work yeah. hard, which he's not used to. That's one. But secondly, I think what really catches him is the jail, is this jail superintendent, the woman, Jyoti Deswal, which is Yami Gautam for you guys. And Yami Gautam disses him off. She tells him, oh, you're useless. Imagine you being, you being so uneducated and you're the chief minister of the state. Yes. And you guys will never believe, if you haven't, if you don't know this already, Gangaram Chaudhary is actually played by Abhishek Bachchan himself. And he is so good. 
to a T this character. His acting range is so versatile. I am shocked every single time I see this man. He is the most underrated. I mean, we know a few underrated uh, actors in Indian Indian scene, and he's one of the most underrated actors. This is another one as well. We'll talk about him later today because we're covering his series. But yes, he is so underrated. So he underrated. And, and I mean, why? Just because his father is famous. And that's just so, just so not fair. And this he, guy deserves better movies. Better he definitely work. does. Definitely does. I, I hate hearing the thing where everyone says, Abhishek Bachchan is out of his prime. I'm like, for an actor with a range like that, there's never prime. There's never prime. Like, the roles he gets cast into as he ages he adapts so seamlessly and i have seen it time and time and time again that even if that movie totally. isn't a hit he guys if you haven't by the way we posted his audition tape for this movie on our social mm -hmm. media so just watch that audition mm -hmm. tape and how he gets that accent right where you know he's trying to be so it was something that netflix promoted as his audition tape but obviously for this proof but it is such a cute little audition tape you must watch it it's on our instagram at stacy's don't forget to follow us so what did you think m overall like cinematography camera angle storyline what are we looking at so um honestly i thought it was a, a really well cast movie i yes. could not have thought of a better cast to do what it did and abhishek bachchan as you said we agree with you this guy is like fine wine he just keeps getting better and better and better but also i think he's actually taking up roles that challenge him in a way that his performance comes out i mean he's literally amazingly accurately he is gangaram he's not that He's he's not the guy with the anglicized accent that we see talk on camera. Otherwise, he's completely changed his character. He's this rustic guy. He, you believe in Gangara. Um, the other characters cast are really cute, actually, because they teach him, right? <laughs> well, you know, and his entire process of learning is very well done. Um, I thought where the movie really hit me was it was just too long. That was I just kept thing. shifting on my thing. couch like this. I was like, stop, come on, let's move it. Let's move quicker. Right? I'm thinking the same thing. It's the pacing that gets me. I sometimes, I love it, y'all. I love that Indian movies think about their timing and their research and development, but they have got to get better with this idea of stringing the story along for the sake of making viewers watch longer movies for ratings. Um, you have to stop that because at some point, like, I'm like, I was like, come on, come on, let's go to the next scene. Like, let's say the next line. Like, come on, please. I was waiting for it to get And thank faster. God it was OTT because you could fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Yeah. But how much, again, fast forward, this background score, the music needs to be incorporated. Please don't do that, guys. Just come to the point. We love yeah. We love it when you come to the point. We so, do. I thought, the, I thought the scenes between him and Nimrud were just phenomenal. Remember yes. the scene where she's trying to be nice to him and she's serving him all the all the ghee that she can get. <laughs> she's trying her best. She is rooting for his failure. She's so rooting for his failure. She doesn't have to vacate her seat, but it's so well done. Um, I thought the I thought the ending was too saccharine. Oh come on, guys! He's a he's a politician in the end. He didn't have to give up being a chief minister and you know do something else like become the education minister instead. He could have done that being a chief minister. So that was kind of 
like meh but on the whole i think i love the cast i love the camera works and, and I, I, I thought the music what the machale song was pretty catchy you know and that's kind of a that's that's a song at the you know it's a recurring song in the background but didn't have to break into the song into the jail you know that was such a waste of time but yeah hey, i think they're playing to the indian mentality of putting a song here and there but sure. um that story of how he learns in the entire patch where you know he's trying to educate himself while being in the prison i thought that was really heartwarming i think that was a great that was the greatest part of the story and how how the rest of the prisoners come together and be a part of his uh, his pro process right so um i thought i thought that was cute enough the story was simplistic they were you know it was too simplistic they you know it was supposed to be funny and i thought nimrod core and his scenes were the best scenes um i agree i, I very think much it's agree a go, with it's everything a go, it's, a, it's a good binge watch we gave it an eight on ten because it was just too long. Very fair rating. I 100% agree with everything Merle has said so far, guys. I agree. The cast was great. I think the little energy bounce from Abhishek and Nimrat was just fantastic. Like their scenes, I, I know that they're meant to be written comedically without being comedic. And that goal, like that target was always achieved for me because they're like trying to have serious conversations, but it's just so funny. It's so funny. Like, and it's meant, it's meant to be written like that. Sometimes people achieve that very accidentally, but it's meant to be written like that. So I think that's a, a plus point on the story writers um, to be able to be so versatile in, in their thinking when they're, when it's, when they're like writing dialogues. And I think delivery also plays a really big aspect of that because we have watched comedy movies in the past where some scenes are supposed to be comedic even though they're delivered with another intention. And I'm like, this falls so flat. And if I don't laugh at something, nobody will. I will literally laugh at anything. And if I don't laugh at it, no one will. So definitely go. We loved it for sure. How's it going? My name is Rushi Kota. Uh, you are watching me on Daisy's.Live. Absolutely. And we did this show about um, casteism. So what Mandal Commission did in 1990s was to uh, actually make it a law that 27% of all jobs are going to go to the other backward classes and to people of lower castes. Um, this, for, uh, this for Loha Singh is a big problem because now... Um, what 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 Dandu wants to do? He's in love with this girl called Julan, and Julan is also back with class girl. So Dandu Dandu can only marry Julan if he um, if he passes his IS exam. So he starts helping Loha only because he feels that if I help Loha with his business, then I will get the papers for the civil services exam from him, and I can clear it and marry the girl I like. Right. So his whole motive is to do that. Um, but then he gets brainwashed by, by Singh and he tells him that, hey, if this Mandal Commission thing kicks in, if the reservations kick, kick in, then your chances are gone because 27% of your job, your, your hope of even, even after you clear that exam, that you will be in the list of people who will make, who will make it through the IS exam and be, become an IS officer are gone and Dadu believes him and he throws aside 
all the hopes of cracking the exam. He throws aside everything and actually, uh, actually, actually just starts gathering students and staging protests outside the chief minister's residence and gets into fights all over town. And 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 you know, so so that kind of creates a wedge between him and Julan, who is Nushrat Baruja, by the way, guys. And um, she she literally. Um, you know, they estranged themselves because he's not working on his eyes. Instead, he's actually blaming the reservation system. What is wrong with the movie? And I'm going to start very early in telling you guys what's wrong with the movie. Is that in this entire story, everything is tokenism. This story could be, this movie could be a very privileged person's rant against the reservation. This could be seen as a story where the messaging is so problematic that it doesn't seem that anybody's done enough research on not only the agitation, but also why the reservation is required. The movie never goes back to really understanding uh, or telling its audience why the reservation came into being in the first place. Why is it required? What's the reason? It just launches a rant against the reservation. And it's so privileged, it's so myopic in its vision that completely destroys the focus. If you are a believer in an egalitarian society, it completely destroys that focus. It is that problematic. This movie should never have been made. In this day and era, to create a movie that tells you that there should not be a level playing field for people that have been discriminated against for centuries, creating a rant against the people that were discriminated, that you have discriminated against for centuries, and creating confusion. Because I, I, what really confused me was the entire character arc of Jula and Nushrat Baruch's character arc. When the movie starts, uh, she actually lectures her father about equal opportunity. And she says, I've had the privilege, even though I'm a backward class person, uh, I'm a low caste person, but I had the privilege of getting into expensive coaching centers because we had money and I availed myself of the best education. However, uh, I think the reservation that the government is, is asking for should be for people who are deprived of these opportunities. But towards the second half of the movie, yes. she believes that reservations should exist and it should not be on the basis of caste. It should be, um, um, it should be basis of who's poor and who's not. I think that the idea that people still struggle to get their head around is that casteism and like your socioeconomic class, not the same thing. They're not the same thing. And they like to consistently take those two on together because they're like, oh, if you're lower, you must be poor. That's the most stereotyped way of thinking when it comes to these kinds of issues where you cannot physically like pull apart the pieces of like what intersectional definition you are speaking about. Not enough research and development has been done in this movie, clearly. I really found it very problematic because it never talks about why the reservation has come, why the reservation is being introduced in the first place. And, and it just, it just is a half told story about a privileged uh, idea of, of people against reservation. So they're, let me get this straight. So they're taking pe privileged people 
and they are speaking about why reservation systems shouldn't exist. But no, from the point fighting? of view of the, privilege, this movie is about the fight against reservation. It never, it never, it never tells you the other side of the story, where why the Mandel Commission recommended that twenty-seven percent of government jobs should go to backward classes. Why the reservation was introduced in the first place. It doesn't talk about how the society still, even after the reservation has been introduced, how we still discriminate against people of lower caste, why casteism exists in the first place, and how problematic casteism is. It just doesn't, doesn't give the narrative that voice at all, or even a second of exposure to that side of this issue. And so, someone thought this was a good movie to make and put somebody out. Somebody thought that a rant of a privileged person against caste system was a good movie to make. You could probably take that clip of me just in silent and like meme it. <laughs> I have so to. I have to tell you. So there is there is this entire um, uh, sequence where there's an um, uh, there is a clip, um, you know, um, a scene where this character says. Um, he says something to the effect that a Brahmin's son can also be poor, just like, you know, somebody who's a non-Brahmin, a lower class, yeah. can also be rich, rich. right? Correct. Just like Julan is rich enough to, uh, to go to good coaching classes. So he says a Brahmin's son can also be poor, so can someone belonging to other caste. So what is really important is to protest against caste-based reservation. The best solution is to make education free for all. There's so much that needs to be unpacked in that statement. Like, I think the, the first thing we should be focusing on is understanding that just because we have made some progress in society, like people have found ways to escape their socioeconomic statuses, that doesn't mean they have been prejudiced on the basis of just caste in the past. Absolutely. Right? Like that's, they could that's have been like prejudiced on basis on basis of what their parents right. did. Just because you're educated doesn't mean it won't hit you back. I mean, we spoke to people that day of people who were educated who went to IITs, but they still get hounded out of their jobs because of their last names. Yes. People change their last names because they are discriminated against on the basis of 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 the kind of uh, of why even when they came came through the reservation they discriminated against because they came through reservation this is how bad the scene is i just can't i can't i feel like this movie thought they were doing something right they really were like oh yeah we should just talk we should be like you know what it really isn't about cast at the end of the day like it's about social i'm like both are an issue both like what you're not realizing is both are a casteism can be an issue and socioeconomic statuses can be an issue that doesn't mean you need to erase one in the fight to be like oh this this other one exists too I mean, you can say both exist together like just like you can be women uh, you can you can be a woman you can be part of the lgbtq community you can be a person of color you can be in poverty like all of those struggles can coexist the same way that like you can be someone of a lower caste and you can be like rich. Now let's, it's like some, a really good example of this is, is that same idea that M just threw out guys, the concept that yes, you can, maybe you escaped the terrors of whatever your caste base has provided you, right? If you're someone from lower caste, but maybe your parents didn't, your parents probably didn't, but then someone of a higher caste has had generations of parents who are 
you know, who are given exposure to certain opportunities, they just didn't make the full extent of them. So maybe, you know, they ended up in debt or they ended up like poorer than they should be. However, now let's like go back to the lower caste saying they were never given those opportunities in the first place. Somebody just found a way to break that chain and get out of it. And now you're going to say like, oh, because they're rich, we're going to erase all the struggles of the people before them that made them who they are, have gone through. And that's like the erasure of history is so strong. And the one big thing that social media constantly brings up that I have seen in posts over and over again is that stories are always told from the sides of the successors, which is why they're constantly getting skewed. Like you always see like the winning side as being correct or as being better. And I think the more that privileged people are exposed to just versions of history from successor side, they come to believe that they're like, oh yeah, maybe we have struggled too. I'm like, let's hold on for a second. You have to dig for the other side. Like, and it makes me sad if like, maybe this was just someone you passed in your grocery store and they had this view, you'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe they weren't exposed to it, but big budget movie directors and big budget movie creation houses and media groups that are putting out movies that are clearly ending up in cinemas that are going to influence people, particularly again, causing sensations within the privileged classes and, and again if you if you think movies or media doesn't influence people we just told you how anupama influences women we gave an example of the psychology of how media influences yeah. households right oh my gosh i am the number one guys i if you guys don't know i'm actually an activist and like both mira and i are activists in our like regular day lives and i focus on gender and sexual crime and i have actually put out a whole ted talk or TEDx talk, excuse me, about why media continually perpetuates gender imbalances, even in like the slightest ways. So we constantly are aware of how media is biasing stories and angle angling stories because it's clickbait at the end of the day, it really is like clickbait culture happens. So you have to be so conscious of the media that you are putting out. And so I only have two questions for the people who made this movie. One, why did you not do the research and development that you were supposed to do with the big budget that you had to clearly, you know, mass produce this movie? Or two, if you did and if you did and you were intentionally aware of everything you were leaving out, what why did you do it? Like was that your like what Intention. was the reason behind it? You were you were probably harboring a some kind of antagonism against caste system since right. 1919 you wanted to just went it out it was like a vent it was like a rant the entire movie was like a big rant and that is even more questionable before anybody comes at m and i on our social media in the comments we are people who are of higher caste who are advocating for people of lower caste so no we're not coming directly from the voice we can we can all coexist very happily we can all give up some privilege so that people on the bottom can rise guys when we meet people when we meet people we don't ask them their last names we don't we don't we don't we don't come from that culture and we're not going to perpetuate that culture in anything we do yep so no this movie was is a big no do not go watch it spend your time doing something else we'll be that lethal with it it was horrible it was horrible but something that's disappointing horrible. horrible It was, it was pathetic. Yeah. Five out of 10. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that people would even put out this, this type of content in modern day media, but we hope you guys spend your time doing better things like listening to us. We are Shreya and Moral from Daisies.live and you are listening to Red, White and Brown. 
Absolutely. Hi, this is John Abraham, and I hope you're enjoying the songs from my upcoming film Attack Part One, which will be releasing in cinemas on the first of April. Keep listening to the songs of Attack on Desis dot Live. And just like that, you are back listening to Shreya and Maral and Red, White, and Brown with Daisy's Dot Live. And now we are going to talk about a series that we absolutely love. Yes. It is called A Pie Three. And Shreya, you watched it. I did. I did. So if you guys haven't watched Abai season one and two, he, the main character is someone named Abai. And in season three, he's facing this new unknown threat. It's basically like some dark force and it's like exploiting everybody, you know, beyond, beyond belief. And of course, something's going down as usual. So he is tracking down like more than one entity of like criminal justice so he's like looking for clues to figure out okay who's who's behind all of these cases because he doesn't believe it's just one person it's like multiple different things that are connected sadly though in this whole process of him you know being a, a legal entity he also has tons and tons and tons of home life problems and his like whole issue is that he's he just has tons of I don't, how do I want to explain it? Like not inner trauma, but like things just happening to personal situations in his life where that makes him feel insanely hunted at the same time that he is, you know, going out and hunting all of these people. So it, the season just kind of follows that chase of where he's trying to work out his home life, his personal life at the same time that he's trying to, he's trying to track down who else is causing a lot of, you know, actual criminal issues out in the world. And it was produced by Z5. It is like an original Indian Hindi film, which we work really closely with the Z5. So we, we, we were happy to get a sneak peek, uh, early view into what they were doing. And what did you think about it, Em? Well, I spoke to um, Kunal. Um, I interviewed him much before the show was released, and we spoke a little bit more about his character then. And of course, you know, Kunal, um, probably Kunal Kimo is, I said we're going to talk about another underrated actor in the show, and he is probably the most underrated actor coming from the Indian content scene. Absolutely love his performance, especially he's consistently kept evolving his character of Abhay Pratap Singh through the seasons you will see him less tormented in season one than he is in season two. It just gets worse and worse. As he gets into the minds of more criminals, his mental health does get affected. He gets these premonitions. He starts getting, uh, you know, traumatic attacks. And then, of course, he has this really troublesome relationship with his own son, which he just cannot control anymore. And his son is going down a very dark path as well. And, and between all of the personal stuff that's going on in his life, he just tries to keep his professional life as professional as possible, trying to get into the mind of criminals around him. And it is not an easy job. Yes. And just that's like... As an investigating officer, if you haven't watched season one and two, he's an investigating officer that's known for sitting into the mind of a criminal really, really well. Absolutely. And now in this season, more than season one and season two, in this season, it is affecting, it's making him more brooding, it's making him more, it's making him darker. 
it's it's literally you can see his body language change and you know when we spoke about Achupanal about his the evolution of his character he was he was he was he said that he had worked on this he had worked on the fact that he's carrying a lot more burden in season three than he was in season two of course and you see that change in his in the way he's he's talking the modality of his voice the way his voice um accentuates and loses interest uh how how he looks at things and how quickly he's able to decipher things because of the experience that he's gained in getting in mind minds of criminals but the third season of this crime series of course is written by Sudhanshu Sharma Deepakdas Srinivas Ibral and Shubham Sharma just like the past two seasons and Again, in this season, he effortlessly carves out this brooding detective uh, who's haunted by his past and his, and the propensity to resort to extra legal means in doing what he does to get to the bottom of the cr crime and the criminals. He absolutely keeps that intact, but he also evolves it in a, in a very big, big way. Um, so over here in season three, again, his personal and professional life intermingle. And of course, he has to turn his attention to five unsolved highway crimes. And um, I think the first one starts with um, right in season two, we see the social influencers. Oh, that was scary. That was scary stuff. What did you think about that trip? I actually didn't watch um, season one and season two. I, I no, the, season, the second episode three. of but, season three, the social influencers. No, yeah, 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 I was getting to that. So I had, I had heard through the grapevine that when he was, um, when the main character was in season one and season two there was actually some foreshadowing that he was going to get involved with like web-based cases and I don't know exactly where that is because I haven't seen it but in this episode two he follows this like crime we don't want to give it away but he, like, he follows the crimes of some social influencers and it's crazy because up until then I had not seen him resort to like I guess like getting into the minds of like really young hip gen z style like crimes which is which was crazy and so i was like trying to watch this old character switch into the new norms the, but like it was it was really in this like i felt like i was kind of lucky having my mind read just a little a little bit because we were we were he's going through these this idea of like what makes someone you know like portray their lives in certain ways right and I was like oh my gosh and I was sitting there thinking I was like do I do this like as a, as a social media yeah I was like as a social media influence do I do that like do I think that deeply about these things or is it just so ingrained in me that I don't think twice about it and I'm not thinking to question it until he does it was crazy it was crazy okay top three scenes in this entire series i think my first uh, scene was when he goes between the two social media influencers right that entire scene of him trying to interrogate the two of them setting them up against each other where you know oh my god that's so beautifully done i thought that was a really good scene because he actually understands the psychology so well you know when when she they let her go and she oh. immediately gets on to... Yeah, she immediately gets on to... <laughs> Wait, I will rate that as my top one too. I, I, I like the whole social media uh, episode in general. And I think that I had some trouble, like, of course, following the season just a little bit because I didn't watch season one and two. I keep reiterating it for everyone. Um, but 
like that social media episode, man, I watched some scenes like a couple times just because I was like, he is like, whoever wrote this, my question is whoever wrote this, like how much time do you spend on social media? How many influencers have you interviewed in order to get this scene right? Because like, how does the cop get in the heads of these two? And he pits them up against each other, which is actually kind of hilarious. I will not lie. And then she, you're right. She like gets on phone. She, she like the first thing she does is her lifeline is like her social media accounts. And I'm like, that's her identity. That That's her whole thing. That's her being. Without them, she doesn't exist. And I, I, I'm like kind of guilty of it. I'm so guilty of it. I wake up. First thing I do is I check my phone. I like every couple hours, I check my phone. Like someone's following me, I check my phone. And by that, I don't mean just like notifications, guys. I am like, I shift between all the apps. I check my Instagram, my Twitter, doom my scrolling. Facebook, my TikTok. <laughs> like, yeah, I even check my like snapchat sometimes in case i've gotten like a new ad it's not like i replied anybody i'm just like constantly watching i'm constantly watching things and do you have do you have any influencer tendencies i kind of want to know me yes no i used to i used to but i detoxified myself and now i literally do not i mean i have i have work hours where i don't even get notifications and sometimes when you're texting me I don't get notifications unless WhatsApp is open on my laptop oh. and I'm working, I see it. If if not, I'm not seeing phone calls. If you're calling me in working hours, I will not pick you up. If you're texting me in working hours, I will not respond because during working hours, all the way till five o'clock at night, I don't check my phone. What? You're joking. I'm not joking. I don't check my phone. Guys, she's one step ahead of the curve. She's going to be one of those people. I had to detox because I was literally, I was married. I'm married to my devices. I was married to my devices, literally, and my couch. So I had to literally detoxify myself. And now I get my phone on work mode at 9 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. And it stays on work mode till 5. So 9 to 5, I'm not not on the phone. And even if it's urgent or whatever, if it's urgent, you know where to find me. Yeah, that's true. You, you you know my alternative note. You know how to get to me. But 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 if it's not urgent, if whatever, it will stay in queue all the way till five o'clock. Five is the time when I actually check everything. And that's when I start replying to people. Half an hour, I give it, I cleanse everything, then I go back to work. That's insane. She she she's a whole new. Breed. You have I no I idea how much mental health I've grabbed back because of that. That's one. Secondly. How much work I get done. I'm so much more productive because I don't just check my phone. And yeah, talk. absolutely. Because guys, if you want to talk to me, set up a time to talk to me. That way I'm managing my stuff better. I'm managing my work better. I'm managing my attention better. Because of a random phone call, if I had to walk out of my work uh, at any point in time, it takes me so much longer to get back to it, to get back to that kind of productivity. Yeah, attention. I see It that. doesn't work for me. Because there's only so much time I can give to my work because I want to do other stuff too. Oh, right? we love it. We Absolutely. Love it. So uh, I'm just a little organized. I, it doesn't mean that I'm off the internet. It doesn't mean I'm off social media. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not cutting off myself from the world. I'm just organizing myself in a way where my productivity is higher. And I really wish I was that way. I think that as soon as you start making social media a bit of a career, which unfortunately for... 
actually, I want to say, unfortunately, it's led to some great opportunities, but like, yeah, but, 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 but Tria, you can give or you take your career in an organized way instead of checking. Oh, that's not me. Em, that's so not me. You know, I'm mindlessly scrolling on Instagram every break I get. Like, you, you know. I am, of course I, am I do. Whenever I, whenever I get to log in, I see those messages. <laughs> yeah, she sees those messages. <laughs> okay. So I top, but okay, so top, top two. second. Second My, one. I'll tell you. Uh, which one? Okay, you which one first. is your second one? I would say the infinity killer thing. Mm. Where That's scary. Cult, That's Widget Ross. Yeah, where the cult gets put into like that dangerous like they they are there they end up part of that um like whole plan and then he, he comes out and he's like oh yeah i've like protected the whole city or whatever and i'm like okay it's kind of like when you're reading harry potter and you you've gotten up to the seventh book but you're reading like part one of the, of the two-part ending that's how it feels like is that a six book i thought i thought oh you know with if, if i have to i have to place vijay raz and his performance uh, who's Vijayras plays Anand, who's a sociopath, he also calls himself Mrityu for some reason here. Um, so I think the opening, uh, you know, the resonant sepulchral voice of Anand, where he's, he has a philosophy around how death should be embraced because it hinges on the belief that termination of life is the only means of escape from mental mm -hmm. and physical of human existence right i forget that one what that what? entire scene was so scary because of the way uh vijay raz delivered that scene it was so real and crazy um and, and he kept saying not death but liberation yeah. and 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 you know the victims are carefully targeted and sometimes even random but but death is is actually for for them death is deliverance it's not death the actually redefining death as deliverance we're actually helping you get rid of all the pain that you're undergoing in the life so the That's psychology I mean, of the guy again i thought that was so well written in terms of just that character and his psychology i'm gonna put that I am going to put that on my top three list. I will actually switch that to my second, and then I will put the Infinity Killer where he meets the Matthew's cult. Like, I will put that at third. Okay. Another scene which I absolutely loved was uh, Nidhi Singh, uh, the Kushbu, um, uh, right? The uh, cop, the junior police yeah. officer, mm -hmm. who was actually following his trail to see how that reporter got, reporter who's um, Ashanaki. Got married, got, got, got killed. I love the female characters in this show. They're like quite a bit of a hoot. Quite, quite something. But she, her entire, the way that, you know, when, when she interrogates Abhay, Puralkima's character, yeah. and he asks her for a coffee. <laughs> and, and he just sits there and he actually takes her entire evidence and he trashes it one by one by, oh, by one. one. He does. I, and logically, and logically, and she hasn't even thought of those things in her. So it just shows you how experienced and how good he is in terms of thinking through stuff and how inexperienced and how juvenile she is when she creates a case against him. That the confidence he has in himself. Like he, actually, he actually takes her entire, the premise of her entire case against him and he 
shreds it in front of her and she doesn't know how to react because it's all logically done so i yeah. thought that was great writing as well I and mean, it was great execution of the scene because it's one dark room it's her and him and it's just a conversation and he's very cool about the conversation he, there's no raising of voice he doesn't even bother with spending his energy even a tad bit more than what he has to he destroys her totally destroys her so i thought that was another good one I agree with that. I, I do. And with that, M, what would you rate the overall I season? I absolutely love it. In, in all the crime thriller series we've seen so far, I think it's one of the most superlative ones. Some of the shots are really amazing. You know the shots of Delhi Chandigarh Highway? How, how good are those shots, those drone shots of the highway? I think in general, I have seen drone shots in both series and movies, but especially in series become a lot better. I guess people are just investing in quality dr drone like video work because I see landscapes all the time that I'm like, wow, these are stunning. The VFX are great. The photography is amazing. You know, the dark brooding angles, yeah. you know, the supernatural ones, that entire um, art direction of yes. review. It's so Oh God, it's so foreboding. You actually feel the chill with the guy. And he's a sociopath. He's, he's psycho, for God's sake. Um, the cult followers and the way the cult followers come forward, everything is done so well. I actually found this series very, very, very well written. I found it really well executed and very well acted. I think in all three departments, it just is a grade A+. Plus. I will agree with that. However, I will also say I am somebody who doesn't enjoy like darker content in general. I will still still give it like an A plus because it was so phenomenally made. However, I am not the target audience for this series because I just like I get scared by everything. Like literally everything. I love thrillers. I will do anything for thrillers. I am a crime thriller person and I will do anything for crime thrillers. Anywhere I see a thriller, I'll go watch it. <laughs> this was just amazing. I loved it. It was another really eminently watchable season from Abay. And we can't wait for season four because they did leave it hanging. Okay. So they announced a season four or like we there's going to be because um, the, of the way it ended there's yeah, so much to be told i mean what happened to the ball now so. <laughs> <laughs> well with that we're going to give you a you should definitely watch season three if you haven't watched season one and two like me you should go watch those again or you should go back and watch those as well to set you up for success for season three because clearly there's going to be a season four hi this is kunal kimu on desis.live download the z5 usa app and do watch the season 3 of Abhay on the 8th of April. And do watch season 1 and season 2 if you haven't already. And we just want to remind you one last time for this episode that you are listening to Moral and Shriya. And we are giving you Red, White and Brown by the Out Live. And with that, we're going to say bye to you. With new movies and new shows too talk about. We'll see you then. Take care. Bye. Signing off.